Hello, welcome to episode 11 of Harmonious World. This week I'm joined by guitarist Sharon Isbin, who has two albums out at the moment. The first is her solo work, Affinity, and the second is the absolutely brilliant Strings for Peace, which includes four compositions by Amjad Ali Khan, who's absolutely amazing on the Sarod, with his sons Aman and Ayan Ali Bangash. And this album does everything that Harmonious World aims to do, which is it just brings together so many different cultures. You'll hear when we, when you listen to the conversation that I had with Sharon that she's she plays every style of music and is quite extraordinary, whether it's classical or jazz, improvising, and there's the Spanish guitar tradition as well. So I hope you enjoy listening to the conversation that I had with Sharon. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for joining me. It's a real honour to have you on Harmonious World. I first listened to Affinity when it was released a couple of months ago and loved that. And then when this Strings for Peace came out, Oh, I'm just blown away by it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I'm, I'm thrilled that I'm able to share this music with you. Absolutely. It's fantastic. First of all, before we start talking about the, the albums, can you tell me a little bit about your background? Because you've, you've obviously got a, um, a, an incredible uh, history of, of performing and awards and all the rest of it. So tell me, how did you start out on the guitar? Well, it's kind of an accidental story. I was nine years old when our family moved from Minnesota. I was born in Minneapolis, and we went to Italy for a year. My father was a scientist and was invited to be a consultant. In that process, my older brother said he wanted guitar lessons, but little did my parents know his fantasy was to be the next Elvis. So <laughs> they happened to learn that there was a wonderful classical guitar teacher who had studied with Segovia and was actually concertizing all over Italy, was commuting to Varese from Milano and brought my brother for the interview. He said, classical? No way. And I volunteered out of family duty to, to basically take his place. Goodness me. So I'm an accidental guitarist. And, and <laughs> it would have gotten further derailed a year later when we returned to the States. I got very interested in science and model rockets. And my father, in fact, used to say, you can't launch your rockets until you put in an hour on the guitar. So that's how he bribed me, <laughs> just to stay with it. And eventually, when I was 14, I won a, a competition, and the award was to perform as soloist with the Minnesota Orchestra for 10,000 people. And suddenly wow. I had this, this light bulb moment, and I thought, you know, this is even more exciting than sending my little worms and grasshoppers up into space. I think I'll become a guitarist. I think 13 or 14 is the age when you go one way or the other with music. Yes, I think you're right. And, and after that, well, you're, it's, yeah. it's a yes. little chancy. So that was a, an immense award to win that and to play with, with that orchestra. So what else have you done? Tell my audience, I mean, I've got some notes here, but tell, tell the audience what you've done uh, in terms of who you've played with, where you've played. Well, one of the other things that was really important for me was when I was in college, I went to Yale University, not to... to study music per se because there was no guitar teacher but just to get a good education and I began to commute to New York City to take lessons in Baroque performance practice so I could do all the Bach lute suites 
with Rosalind Turek, the great Bach scholar oh, and keyboard yeah. artist, who of course spent many years in the UK and is well known there. Yes. Throughout the world as well. So that was a 10 year period of study and really a remarkable experience. Together we edited all the Bach lute suites, I recorded them, and it really informed me in, on a level of discipline and understanding and, and musical depth that was crucial to the rest of my life and career. That's really interesting because um, actually the, my previous podcast episode is with a, an Italian, <laughs> so there's a link there as well, an Italian jazz pianist called Marco Marconi. And he talks about, he started out as a classical pianist and he talks about Bach and the importance of Bach. And, there's some, and it's interesting that you've got that, you know, you've obviously got a science and mathematical brain as well because there's something very precise and mathematical, isn't there, about Bach's compositions? Absolutely. And you'll be surprised to know that that ended up playing a role, surprisingly, to me as well, in the North Indian classical music when I began that collaboration to create the album that uh, is Strings for Peace. Oh, right. So how, was that? how did that come about? Well, that was interesting. It began as a friendship about a dozen years ago. I received an email from Amjad Ali Khan, who is India's foremost sarod player. The sarod being an instrument that is also plucked, but played with a plectrum. It has a metal fingerboard and no frets, whereas, of course, we have metal frets and a wood fingerboard. And he said, I'd really like to explore the idea of a collaboration. So we met. I heard him and his virtuoso sons, Aman and Ayan Ali Bangash, in performance. And every time they came to New York, we would get together. So what evolved was a friendship, a beautiful friendship. And it would be another 10 years before we would actually collaborate. It required someone who could notate his ideas of an arrangement for guitar and sarod of the various ragas that he wanted to write for us and who had a background in jazz and improvisation and Indian classical music. So it, it was in, in classical guitar, you know, all kinds of things. He finally found this collaborator and one day in November of 2018, suddenly all these ragas began to appear in my inbox. <laughs> and I listened and they were extraordinary. And I said, Amjad, this is just beautiful music. He said, good, because we booked a tour to do with you in two months throughout India. Wow. <laughs> I said, <"What?" laughs> in February of 2019, I said, can't we make that a little bit later? And he said, no, we, we, we found the halls, they were available, we booked them, Mumbai, Calcutta, and Delhi, let's just do it. So I was so in love with the music, and at, at this point, I had such a wonderful friendship with all three of them that I, I decided to move mountains, change my life, schedule everything to, in order to make this possible. And I was already committed to January, making a recording with the Pacifica String Quartet. We were doing an album called Souvenirs of Spain and Italy. So all of that period was blocked out. And I ended up really with just a few weeks right before the India tour to immerse myself in the ragas and learn them. And I arrived, of course, to India several days early so we could rehearse 24 seven. Yeah. Now back to Rosalind Turk, when, when we were, were doing the slow sections that involve a lot of improvisation, it really was very helpful to have that experience of the Baroque embellishment because 
the, the mindset is very similar. And what was also helpful was having spent almost 20 years performing with a Brazilian musician uh, whose name was uh, Tiago de Mello, who created his own organic percussion instruments. And we would do music from the Amazon region, also music he composed and made recordings together. But that touring with a percussionist made it possible for me to feel totally natural and relaxed playing with tabla, which of course is part of the Strings for Peace project. Yes. So all of this kind of came together with yet another surprise, which was on the stage of the first concert, not to mention, too, having played with musicians from the jazz world, like um, <clears throat> Romero Lubambo and Stanley Jordan, and people from the rock world, like Nancy Wilson and Steve Vai, uh, Joan Baez from folk, Mark O'Connor from country fiddle, all of these musicians who improvise, it made me also very comfortable, having done this for years, to play with North Indian classical artists who are improvising. So you put all yeah. that together and you have an interesting kind of stew. But the first night was the big surprise for me because I opened the concert with a solo classical Spanish piece that I played thousands of times, Asturias by Albanese. And suddenly I was hearing it as if I'd never heard it this way before. And what was happening was a really visceral sensation of the, the, the gypsies from India, hundreds of years ago, traveling through different countries, landing in Spain. Many of them became part of what became the flamenco movement in Spanish music in Andalusia, the land of the gypsies. And that, of course, informed the classical Spanish composers we've come to know and love, like Albanes, Granados, Turina, Manuel de Falla, and so forth. So suddenly I was hearing all of this merging together, especially in the Cantejondo section of the slow part of the Asturias. And it was just a remarkable sense of oneness with these different cultures and different time periods. It sounds amazing. And I think it comes across on Strings for Peace, that sense of just everybody collaborating together. And I was from, also fortunate that, that, that years ago when I was a student in college, I had fallen in love with North Indian classical music, hearing live sitar performances and had followed it, but never dreamed I'd be a player. So this, this was just yet another level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, there's there is something I, I think you say you know use the word visceral is it, there's a physical response to it and i think um the, the fact that music can garner that response that physical the, that physical response in you is just amazing isn't it 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 really is and there's no way to describe it other than to know that on some level i'm able to share that in live performances and in recordings as well because if we're feeling it you are too yeah and i think particularly indian classical music the notation of it is so different isn't it well, that was the challenge that yeah, Amjad Ali Khan had because he doesn't actually write music it out no. on a paper. It's all a, an oral tradition that is handed down. He's sixth generation Sarod playing. His family helped to design the instrument itself back six wow. generations. So his sons are now the seventh. And therefore, it was so important for him to find someone who had a knowledge of both of our worlds 
who could notate this and was a composer himself. And that was a, a young man who was studying with him for a semester at the University of Bloomington in Indiana uh, a, a three years ago named Kyle Paul. And that's how I was able to get these ragas in my inbox, both to listen to and to have an actual score. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, in fact, I've, I've just been looking at the, the front cover of the Strings for Peace. So what Amjad Ali Khan is holding then is the Sarod. That's right. So it's got, I mean, it's incredibly ornate. So it's got the six pegs at the top. Yes. And mm-hmm. then it's got more down the side. And it just looks so complex. Well, luckily he's playing that and I'm playing my classical guitar. So it all works out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and the blend of the two instruments is really fascinating. Yeah, and oh, having, it is. You know, and having played with steel string electric players before again i was it was not a foreign idea for me to be able to merge these two worlds and of course their strings are steel as well so you have this incredible blending of harmonies that have in between pitches with my precise pitches modeled by frets and that creates yet a third kind of instrument and voice yes and how can so, you resist the titles, By the Moon, Love Avalanche, Romancing Earth, Sacred Evening? All of that is so evocative. Exactly. It tells a story just in the titles. And there's a sense of a depth to the compositions, isn't there? The arrangements for, for those two, well, it's more than two cultures, isn't it, that come together then? Actually, it's, it's more than we can count at this point. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, I, I obviously I'm going to provide a link in the podcast show notes so that people can download, can can purchase the album and also Affinity. Talk talk to me a bit about Affinity. That's the first album that came out earlier on in in lockdown. Well, both of these albums are all music composed for me and world premieres. Affinity is titled after this, the centerpiece work on the album, which is by Chris Brubeck. It's a concerto for guitar and orchestra called Affinity. Chris Brubeck is the son of Dave Brubeck. And as I, you know, we're, yeah, celebrating, yeah. we're celebrating the 100th anniversary of Dave Brubeck this fall, in fall of 2020. So Chris and I have known each other as, as well for many years, and this project came to fruition in 2015, when I first premiered it with the Maryland Symphony Orchestra and their wonderful conductor, Elizabeth Schulz, who actually is conducting that orchestra in this recording as well. So there's a sense of continuity about this whole project. And Chris is inspired, he's a jazz musician himself. He's inspired by the jazz world, as well as the kind of world music embrace that forms a metaphor for this entire album, because you have music from Cuba, Persian America, China, America with Chris Brubeck, and South America with Antonio Lauro. So all of this really is is fitting in a multicultural context as well. And Chris has elements of Middle Eastern music, of jazz. Uh, There's this beautiful slow section in the middle that is based on a ballad, a beautiful ballad by his father, Dave Brubeck. That happened in a, in a remarkable kind of way, something I've worked with now composers for 
more than a dozen concerti for guitar and orchestra who've written for me and as well more than 80 works have been composed and arranged for me so yet this was something different and special that i'd never experienced before one day as as chris was writing he called me up and he said would you mind if i stopped over and just played you some sketches of things i've written i said sure come on over and he did and when he played for me some some of the things he had he said please uh, let me know if there's anything you want me to change and i said you want me to critique your music (laughs) and he said yes and of course, I, I, I'm used to doing that by changing notes here and there and voicings and just adapting to the idiosyncrasies of the guitar. But no one in the process of composing has ever asked me to critique their writing. So I, I gave him little ideas here and there. And then the next time he called, he said, I've got some more for you. Let me, let me play for you and show you the, the score that I printed out. And now he had written the slow section. And the strange thing was I, I wasn't, all that moved by it. And I said to him, you know, you lost your father, Dave Brubeck, recently, and your mother this last year. Might you be interested perhaps in paying homage to them in some way, even perhaps with your father's music in in the slow section? And he said, I'm so glad you asked that. He said, I was afraid you only wanted my own music. I said, no, I want you to write whatever's in your heart. So oh. a few days later, isn't that something? A few days yeah. later, he sent me some ballads and songs that his father had written that were not well known, that I had not heard before. And he said, choose something that you like. So both the conductor and I gravitated to one called Autumn and said, that's it. That's the one. So oh, on his own, beautiful. you know, with, without my saying anything, on his own, he ended up throwing out the entire flow section he'd written before and replacing it with a beautiful arrangement of Autumn. And that forms the heart and soul of the concerto, surrounded by all of this virtuoso, exciting writing that ends in, in a blast at the end. Absolutely. When I saw the name Brubeck, obviously I thought, oh, okay, he's obviously Dave Brubeck's son. But I didn't know that about the, uh, the middle movement. But it is a beautiful, beautiful, the whole concerto is lovely, but that middle movement really is something special. And it just goes to show that a relationship between a performer and a composer, which of course was the norm back in the old day when they were the same person, but nowadays we, we have to combine them in, in a way, since I'm not a composer, that relationship can really influence what is written. And I find it hard to classify you as a guitarist. Good. I'm yeah, glad. exactly. Yeah, I, I, in a good way. I think that's brilliant because you're classical, but there's 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 the improvisation side. There's the Spanish guitar. There's obviously this this strings. You can, I can't nail you down, and I think that is amazing in an artist. Well, thank you. I I I'm, I appreciate your seeing that and hearing that and feeling that because for me i don't see boundaries i just gravitate to music that i love and to people whose performances and artistry that i admire and respect and that compels me let's talk about the future for the last couple of minutes tell me what your plans are well hopefully once we get out of lockdown well of course once we do i will return to performing live And as you know, I had the guitar department at the Juilliard School, which I created um, in 1989. So I've had students from more than 20 different countries. And in fact, one of the pieces on this Affinity album that I think you you would have fun sharing with your audience 
is the Lauter Waltz, which has been arranged for two guitars by my former student, Colin Davin, who joins me on that performance. And it was inspired by years ago playing in Caracas and someone handed me a guitar at a party and who should be there but Natalia, the daughter of Antonio Lauro, after whom this waltz is named. And she picked up a Venezuelan cuatro and began to improvise in a folk style to my playing of this Natalia waltz. And I've never forgotten the magical experience of that and hope that someday I'd find somebody who could write a second guitar part in that folk idiom. And Colin being not only a wonderful player, but arranger, I set him to the task and what he came up with was so beautiful that I invited him to join me on the Affinity album in the premiere of his version for two guitars of the Lauro Natalia Waltz. Very good. So you're, you'll be going back out on the road. You'll be... Whenever, whenever that is possible. Yeah. We, you know, we're, we're thinking 2021. We'll see. Yes, yes. I, I, are you, do you live in New York? Yes, I live in New York City. I'm doing absolutely fine. I, I'm a block from the Hudson River, so I can go jogging along the river every day if I want. And uh, everything is within walking distance. So it's, it's for me, an, an ideal place to have to be sequestered. Yeah, but um, I, my understanding is that the New York venues have all said nothing until January. That's for sure. So, well, let's hope that um, I'm re- I am definitely going to keep an eye on your schedule for the new year. And I will, if it means flying to New York, I'll fly to New York and (laughs) and see some other people as well, because I really want to see you play. Well, Um, thank you so much. Yeah. I hope you can maybe come to, to London soon as well. I would love to come back to London. I've played there many times in the past. And in the meantime, people can stay in touch with me through my Facebook page, which is just simply my name as well as Twitter and Instagram. So I, I know that we'll, we'll find ways of meeting virtually until it's possible in person. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, Sharon. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sharon was so generous with her time and I'm so grateful that we actually overran. It was really good to speak to her and I hope you've enjoyed listening to our conversation. Please do follow her on various social media and check out her website, Find Affinity and Strings for Peace if you possibly can. They are both fabulous albums, well worth a listen. And I think crossing boundaries in terms of music, which is what Harmonious World is all about. Thank you for joining me once more. Please do leave a review if you can, subscribe, and I will see you next time on Harmonious World. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week. And please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World. Yeah.